Hi, today um, we have a very special guest from Kajang Selangor. His name is Ridzwan Rahim. Um, he's a former New Straits Times journalist and um, he's completed a very, very interesting feat um, swimming between Perhentian Island and Besut Trunganu in Malaysia, which is uh, 17 kilometers in total. Um, well, we believe he's the first one to actually uh, swim in such a route. And, um, and he's looking at rectifying the swim with the Ma Marathon Swim Federation in the US in San Francisco. So today he's graciously agreed to give us his time to um, allow us to pick his brain to find out what it's like to swim for nine hours straight in deep ocean water in Malaysia. So hi, Ritzwan Rahim. It's been a long time. How are you? Welcome to the Hello. show. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for having me on your show. No worries. Um, this has been great that you've done a swim like this during COVID. You managed to, you know, break all the barriers and still do this. So we just want to have a chat with you and find out um, from the start, like, you know, how did this like happen? When, at what age did you start swimming? You know, and, how, and also basically, the, how long have you been a swimmer? Uh, I actually started uh, learning to swim as an adult. I, I was never a swimmer. <clears throat> it was only when I was uh, 32 years old that I started taking swim lessons. And that too, only because I took up scuba diving. So we started with scuba diving. I actually became a diver first and then I took up swimming. So that was a bit unconventional. Anyway, my uh, scuba instructor, he insisted that I learn to swim because he said that it's not right if you're a diver and uh, you cannot swim. That's, that happens quite a lot apparently. People who, who rely on their scuba gear when they, when they dive. So he didn't want that. And so he taught me to swim uh, in about, I think about two months, I could swim comfortably at the pool doing laps. Okay. So I've been swimming uh, for the past 12 years. So past 12 years. All right. Um, yep. And um, how did the, so it was, I'm, I'm presuming you swam in um, swimming pools and then you, gradu oh, so yeah. you graduated yes. into open water swimming, right? How did the transition happen? Was it easy? Because salt water is not easy to swim with, swim in, sorry. Mm -hmm. Uh, what happened was uh, I was swimming regularly at the pool and then there was this friend from Australia who was living in KL at the time. His name was Dave Cousins. He heard about my swims and uh, he challenged me to, uh, to join an open water swim event from Kapas Island to mainland. Uh, that's the, uh, the distance is 6.5 kilometers. At the time, that was the only open water swim event in Malaysia. If, if you wanted to do Open water swimming, open water swimming. That's you basically have to do that. There was no other uh, shorter events, uh, and so uh, I I said yes to his challenge, but uh, I knew that I had to do something uh, to correct first of all to correct my stroke, and also to learn. Like you said, uh, it's not the same swimming in the pool and swimming in the open sea. So I managed to find a, a coach who, who uh, coach uh, triathletes. Yeah, his name was uh, Steve Lumley, and I trained with him for three months to prepare for for my Kapas Marang swim. And uh, yeah, basically uh, that was how I started. I, I started my first event was six point five kilometer swim in the open sea. But at that time, I was already comfortable being out in the open sea because I was a scuba diver, so it wasn't it wasn't reckless at all. It was it was okay. It was fine. 
So that was the one, the swim that got you interested in other swims, right? So you've gone, like, you basically traveled the world to swim. You've even gone to the yeah. US. And I think you're the first Malaysian, right, to do that whole stretch in, um, was it Al- Alcatraz or something like that? Was it? Alcatraz, yeah. yeah. Tell us yeah, about uh, that. So, okay. Um, I went, yeah, after that, I went to, I heard about uh, this event in San Francisco called Shark Fest Alcatraz. Actually, I joined the stream because I thought the name was funny. <laughs> but then um, after I signed up, God, I paid so much already, right? For the for the registration, and I thought I made a mistake already at the time. But then, because of the how much I spent on the registration, I thought I better do something about this. Um, it was difficult because we don't we didn't have uh, such a thing as uh, cold water swimming in Malaysia. There's nowhere that we had you know I could I could train in cold water, so I had to come up with unconventional training methods uh, for for cold water. Uh, and also, I, I read a lot of articles, you know, about things like hypothermia and all this, all the dangers of swimming in in water. And also, I borrowed a wetsuit from from a friend who has done triathlon. Um, yeah, so this was, I mean, I took all the safety measures that I could because I was going there on my own alone. Um, then I went there. And then I discovered that okay, actually, the swim wasn't that far. It was just about two point five kilometer. And then, if you wear wetsuit, it's actually the very low uh, probability of developing hypothermia. So it was fine, really. And there were it was a big event, eight hundred participants from all over the world. But I was the only one from Malaysia. Mm. Yeah. So when when you have so many people swimming in in, in the sea, actually it wasn't too bad. No, no, not, not as scary as you thought. So how did you find out about the event through Google search or what? Uh, I can't remember. I think I just saw it somewhere online. I, I really can't remember. But I just saw it and then I decided to, to sign up for it. So, in total, how many open waters have you done before attempting the Perhentian channel? Oh, so many. I don't, I don't keep track actually. But I, I only know... I've done Sharkfest Alcatraz twice. Uh, that one time, the first one was in 2016. Then, uh, then the following year, I did it again. But uh, this time, without using a wetsuit. So I wanted to see what it was like, and again it was fine, but it was a short swim, so there was there was no, uh, definitely no no danger of hypothermia. But uh, the other swims that I've done, I've done swims in Thailand, uh, I've done swims in Ecuador when when I went uh, backpacking in South America. Um, where else? Yeah, those three countries basically. Okay. And of course, in Malaysia, there were so many, so many swims. So probably about forty swims, forty open waters. Probably, yeah, probably, probably. Okay, so I just wanted to ask you, how do you keep? Because I swim on salt water, and it's really tiring after a few strokes. Because, you know, the current, and then you know, but mostly when you're on the in salt water, right, you have to do freestyle because that's the best okay. stroke, right? So how do you keep yourself? Uh, going and you know fighting the tiredness to swim you know long distance what what is the trick what is the tip or whatever uh, okay I, I think the biggest worry that people have about swimming in the sea is cramping yeah. cramping in the leg your leg cramp uh, so actually if you if you have proper training in open water swimming 
you don't kick so much. It's not it's not like what some people do at the pool. They kick vigorously. In open water swimming, we rely mostly on our upper body strength. So the kicks are just very slight, and just too big, too big kick. Like, oh, 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 like that. So that way, uh, you are very unlikely to develop cramp in the legs. Secondly, you need to um, before you go to the open water, you need to be able to swim, be comfortable with swimming laps at the pool. Uh, one way to gauge if you are ready for open water is see if you can do a one mile swim at the pool in under 40 minutes that's that's a good that's uh, I, I find that a lot of uh, uh, swim event organizers they use that mm-hmm. as a benchmark mm-hmm. if you can do that if you can do one mile at the pool in under, under 40 minutes you're basically good for open water swim that means you are able to to uh, keep your uh, stamina you 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 control your breathing and then you don't cramp so yeah that's that's a good uh, indicator okay what yeah. what else is there just those two and um uh, other than that okay let me see do you need to practice like every like you know oh yeah uh, every regularly. week go to the to the pool and no, not every uh, i would say maybe three or four times a week yeah, three or four times a week. Uh, we're, we're not talking about doing a 17, 18 kilometer swim here. We, we're just talking about uh, like a normal open water swim event in the sea. If you can, if you're already swimming three to four times a week, and each time you swim, you do between two to four kilometers at the pool, it's, al- it's already good enough. Okay. If you can do that, it means your, your stamina is good for, for open water swimming. Another important um, skill to have for open water swimming is called sighting. Because in the pool you have uh, the 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 line at the bottom to guide you. Yeah. Straight up. in the sea, no such thing. So you need to do sighting, which means you need to partially lift your head out of the water uh, enough for you to see what's what's in front. That's how you keep track of where you're going in open water swimming. If you don't, you need to do this regularly enough. Otherwise, you'll be swimming in zigzag oh. and, and covering longer distances than necessary. Okay. Alright, so let's go to the whole feet perhentian channel. First and foremost, right, I wanted to find out with you why perhentian, why you chose this route, you know, like, uh, was there like a, and how long did you research on this and made, you know, how long was the planning and everything? Okay, I actually, <coughs> sorry, in 2017, I had already done a swim around the perhentian, the big island. That was 16 kilometers. So I knew at the time that, okay, I, I shouldn't have any problem covering this distance, 16 kilometers. You know, and it took me seven hours, which was pretty slow. But I knew then that I could last a long time in the water. So I, I, don't, I didn't have any worry about long distances. And since that year, because I traveled to Pantian a lot, every time I traveled there, I would be wondering whether it was possible to swim from Perhentian Island to mainland because nobody had done that, that swim before. How did, I, sorry, sorry, I stopped you there. How did you know that no one had done it? Did you call and did you because, speak to the locals? Yeah, or? again, again, because uh, the marathon swimming community in Malaysia is, is such a small group. It's very close-knit. So if anyone had done the swim, we would have known. Okay. 
you know the the people the the divers the, the resorts in in Bantian, they all knew what's going on in the island so if anyone had done the swim the word will will come to us for sure hmm. yeah so that's that's how we knew that's how i knew that i was it had never been done before but when i spoke to my friends who, who were also marathon swimmers uh, nobody was interested to do the swim <laughs> so i was quite surprised eh? but my guess was um, of course some of them thought it was dangerous because they thought there are big sharks in the water uh, I know that this is not the case because you know, I've I've done scuba diving, so I have some ideas of what's underneath our waters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then maybe some of them thought it was uh, possible because of the because they they imagine there were strong currents, mm-hmm. big waves, mm-hmm. and also another reason maybe because it's not very interesting because there's nothing much nothing interesting to see along the way oh. in the in the big uh, in the middle of the South China Sea. Uh-huh. You don't see anything. Yeah. But if you swim around the island, you could at least see turtles. You could see sharks. You could see all kinds of fish. Mm-hmm. It's, it's more scenic, more interesting. So these are the reasons why uh, I think people didn't want to do this swim. Okay. Ah, uh, yeah. interesting. You mentioned sharks. I thought Malaysia didn't have sharks, <laughs> especially. We do. We do. Oh. Yeah, we have. Uh, but our sharks are small. Oh. Uh, the black tip, the white tip, those kind of sharks. We we don't have. Great whites. We don't have uh, sand tiger sharks because these sharks require cold water. Mm-hmm. Our our water is too warm for them, oh. so we don't have that. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So again, I wanted to ask you about your Prohentian channel. So why the need to execute it during COVID? Like when you had yeah. all the restrictions, the MCO. My, uh, for people not knowing what MCO stands for, it's actually Movement Control Order where the Malaysian government, um, this allows people to go out, right, uh, without a permit. And, you know, being in Kajang, you had to, like, ask a police permit. You had to go through so much of trouble to go to a, a different state in Trunganu to complete the feat. So, couldn't you have wait, like, you know, like, wait until things get, like, you know, the dust settles, you know, but what what was the hurry? Okay, basically, the, I did it because the time was right. Time wasn't perfect. But it was right. What, what I mean by the time was right. Uh, last year in September, during a family trip to Besut, I, uh, okay, before that, I have to tell you that there's this uh, island near the mainland called Ru Island, R-H-U, Ru Island, which is about 2.5 kilometer from, from mainland. So I, I've been, for, since I was little, I, I had always wondered whether it was possible to swim that, to that island. So during this family trip to Basut last year in September, I thought, okay, maybe I'll just go and try the swim since I didn't have anything else to do. I managed to track down a local kayaker. Uh, everyone there called him Abe P. Abe is brother. So, yeah, brother P. He, and then I asked him to escort me to the island. I wanted to swim. He, yeah, I he, was, he was surprised when I told him I wanted to swim there because he said, people have tried swimming there before but no, nobody has succeeded. Yeah, I told him, okay, let's just try and see how it goes. So it turned out that the swim was easy, pleasant, very pleasant swim. Uh, it was like swimming in a big pool. Oh. Um, yeah, I, I didn't have any problem at all. I, I got there, I got to the island in about one hour, and then I came back in even faster, under, under one hour. So I thought, on top of that, he also told me that he had done kayaking from Perhentian Island to mainland. He covered around 17.3 kilometers. 
So when I heard that, I thought, okay, these are the signs. <laughs> like, yeah, I've been wondering about the doing the swim, and then I met this guy, mm-hmm. and then he told he told me he has done kayaking. So I thought, okay, this uh, definitely is sign. I have to do this swim. But I didn't tell him at the time. Mm. I, I didn't tell him right away because I didn't want to freak him out. Mm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, and in uh, November, a few months after that, I I started assembling my team. Mm. And I, st- I started training, and then I told T about my intention to swim. Oh, yeah. What was so his I reaction thought, then? <laughs> he was of course he was he was surprised. He was surprised that uh, anyone wanted to do this swim because uh, generally people in Besut don't swim open water. It's something that they think is is dangerous. Mm. So nobody dared to try it. And uh, I was gonna try swimming seventeen eighteen <laughs> kilometers. So but but he went ahead. Uh, he went along with my plan anyway uh-huh. because you know I just needed him to escort me on a kayak. Yeah. Which, which is something that he's already competent in. Mm. So he, he could, definitely he could do that. Then I told him that I'll, I'll get uh, the other crew member <coughs> on board. You know, these are people who are competent in, you know, people who could help help uh, save me in case I get into trouble. Uh, so yeah, that was the, basically the trigger that meeting P was a trigger for me to decide that I have to do this swim and I, I couldn't wait. Anyway, I feel like this pandemic that we are in, right? You're probably gonna be be with us for the next few years. Yeah. So I figure that we better learn to live with it, mm. and then we we work with whatever we have. Mm. We try to do what whatever we want to do, mm. and work with whatever we have. So you know, it was not easy, like you said, to get travel permit mm. to, to 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 travel interstate, right? Mm-hmm. I had to approach the police, mm. but through I mean some creative solutions, I mm. we managed to get that. So. I, I but till today I I consider it a miracle that uh, my team and I managed to get to the island to do this swim. I I still feel a bit surreal. Right? Yeah, after well, almost one month. Yeah. Well done, well done. So can you yeah. tell me the kind of mental preparation you needed to have for such a swim? Because uh, maybe for you it will be different because you are a, you're not green. You're not, you know, you're you're very experienced swimmer. So maybe. What preparations did you have to go through for this swim since it wasn't done before? Some did you do anything different from the previous swims? Uh, okay, if if I want to talk, okay, um, maybe the the swim itself wasn't the difficult part. The the, the more difficult part was planning, especially given all the restrictions uh, during this pandemic. A lot of things could have could have derailed our plan. So there was there was the scary part actually. After you invested so much time, so much money, so much energy in training, and then it will, it, 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 if it all goes down the drain, then I will be quite depressed. Huh? But uh, so there was a big scare. Not even the swim. The swim, I've already done long swim, so I wasn't so scared about the swim itself. Um, I think in terms of training, the difficult part was okay. I I work with uh, with my coach to to train for this. He actually got me to swim slower than mm. my normal pace, but swim slower but hold the same pace throughout the whatever how many kilometers that he told me to swim at the pool. The longest that we did at the pool was thirteen kilometers. So I was supposed to swim at a slower pace for thirteen kilometers. That was a challenge, <laughs> and I discovered that <laughs> it was because it took like six months. Sorry, six hours it was so boring, so tedious. You know, going back and forth, back and forth in the pool. On top of that, during that training, when I when I swam with my friends, my my squad mates, 
I discovered that my pace was fixed and that I I couldn't keep up with them. I I was this slow swimmer who couldn't keep up with my my lane mates. So I thought, yeah, it was quite quite depressing also lah at the time. But then I had to remind myself that I was doing a temporary project. After this project is done, I will I can reset my my swim pace and hopefully I can I can keep up with my my uh, training mates again. Yeah, so. I would say that was the mental preparation that I had to. Yeah, it was it was different. It was different. I I wasn't scared about the 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 big the actual big swim. Yeah. Well, did he want you to swim slower so that you would conserve your energy and not get tired? Exactly. Oh, okay. Exactly. Yes, that was the plan. Exactly because the this wasn't a race. Mm. We just wanted to cross from Brentian to mainland. So, mm. uh, however long it it, it will take, mm. uh, I will do it. Mm. I I didn't have uh, any particular cut off time, mm. so to speak. So so he figured I must be able to last a very long time in the water. And in case I encounter current and mm. the current push me back, mm, mm, mm. so I, I I had to be prepared for these sort of challenges. It's less to do with speed, more about how long I can stay in the water. Okay. Got of course, uh, the interesting part about this training, I didn't feel any pain or soreness mm. in my muscles. Mm. During the swim, so I I find that to be quite incredible. Yeah. yeah, that's good. So I wanted to move on. Like, it's a long swim, right? Nine hours. How much? How long was it? Eight hours or eight? Uh, hours? yeah, eight hours fifty six minutes thirty seconds. Okay, you did say that they would feed you. They would give you snacks like um, banana, and then you would drink water, and then biscuits. You'll have biscuits, right? That Ipo. Um, uh yes, yeah. Energy bar. Yeah, energy bar. So, what happens uh, if you need to go for number one and number two while you're swimming, <laughs> right? Do you let go in the sea or, or, or is it because you know you stop somewhere? You stop. You did have a break, right, in the swim, or is it was it like eight? No, straight. No, straight out. Nine hours straight in the uh, in the water. I was in the water for for almost nine hours. Okay. Uh, yeah. So how did how does it go? Or do you clear out everything before you start swimming, and then you know. I don't know. I mean, try and explain it as at, at least as least disgusting as possible, please. But you know, but it's an interesting thing to know. Like, how do you do it? Yeah, it's a practical question. Uh, of course, you you keep eating and drinking, and you have to let go some of that. Yeah. Number one is easy because you can do it while swimming. <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody has to know. Uh, number two is also possible. Although I've never done it, personally I've never done it. <laughs> but uh, I've heard people who have done it, and I think I know more or less how it can be done. Because okay, again, um, this comes back to why it's important to be able to tread water mm. and to be able to prop yourself up, mm. you know, in the middle of the sea. Mm. Uh, first of all, you need to eat and drink, mm. and secondly, in case you need to do the number two, lah. Mm. Um, It's yeah, it's possible to trade water and then just pull your jammers down, mm. and then uh, just do it on number two. But I didn't do it because uh, <laughs> there were cameras watching me. I had, uh, I had a photography team uh, following me throughout oh. the swim, so so I waited until I finish my swim. So, but you, what do you do? You make sure you don't eat anything heavy. You do you do? Oh, it? you have to you have to eat a lot before the swim. A few days before the swim, you have to basically load your body with food, oh. and water is water is also very important. Uh, basically, you need to hydrate yourself all the time. I throughout the two to three months uh, training for this swim, 
I made it a habit to drink plain water at home. Every, every time I I pass uh, the kitchen, I would drink some water, drink some water. So I made it a habit. Hydration is very important. Uh, and hydration has to occur before the swim, not not the swim, during the swim itself, before. Hmm, yeah. okay. Why is hydration important? Because uh, when you're swimming, you don't realize you're losing, you're actually sweating, but you don't, you don't realize it. Oh. You don't. Yeah. Uh, you don't. You don't feel even you swim in the pool. You you don't feel like you're sweating. But actually, you're sweating a lot. And mm. in the sea, you cannot drink sea water. It's it's dangerous. Mm. At least if you swim at a lake, if you're desperate, you can you can drink the lake water. You can take a sip of it. But in the sea, you cannot. So you have to make sure that your your body is properly hydrated. Alrighty. So okay, was this hundred percent sponsored by you? This whole feed, this whole Perhentian channel, or did you get a sponsor? And I was just wondering if you could share with the view, I mean, the listeners, like how much to organize such a feed, such a event, you know? It was hundred percent. I I covered all the costs for this because this had always been something that I wanted to do, and I had some savings, so I yeah, it was the right time to do this. Uh, and I was prepared to spend, yeah. But although I would not reveal the actual cost that mm. I spent on on my trip, because I think it will shock a lot of people. <laughs> because it, it will be expensive. Because I I brought along a photography team after all, mm. and then I covered the accommodation, the food, of, and also the transportation cost of of my entire team. Basically, they just had to show up and do the work. Mm. That's all. But if uh, my I. Uh, a few friends and I have been talking about organizing uh, this swim for others who might want to do it. We have come to a ballpark figure of around three thousand ringgit. I think that's that's a fair amount for people to pay for for to do this kind of swim mm. with with a proper escort, with medical support, uh, with kayak support. Yeah. And, and, and of course, uh, accommodation. Yeah. Is it one day affair? Is it a one day thing? You can. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we are for now. Uh, our benchmark is nine hours. Since oh. I did the swim in nine hours, so everyone else will have to beat this time. <laughs> I, which I think is actually quite easy because it's. I consider it a very slow time. I'm. I'm not a fast swimmer. I'm. A, I consider myself an average swimmer. So I like that. That is the reason why I use myself also. For this experiment, because if I if I can do this, and I do it in nine hours, mm-hmm. I figured uh, so many of my friends who who do this sort of marathon swim, they are much tr- stronger swimmers than me. So for sure they can do. Uh, you know, I I know that in this kind of uh, distance, people can do in about six hours, seven hours. Quite it's quite common. All right. Nine hours is is considered slow. But you needed yeah. to do that to conserve your energy, right? You needed to. Yes, mm. yes, yes. Yeah. So basically, uh, uh, a lot of people they can go faster, uh, but using the same effort level. That's the trick. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, uh, your advice to those wanting to follow your footsteps, like they want to um do open water swimming, they have like a lot of reservations. Number one, they're scared. Number two is like you know. Um, even scuba diving also freaks them out, you know. So for all these people who are on the fence, like what would be your advice? Actually, if if people have, 
since you mentioned scuba diving, I think that's one of the best things to, to uh, best way to prepare for a open water swim because if you <coughs> if you if you can scuba if you can you take up scuba diving, and so at least you have a good idea of what's underneath the water when you dive you, you so when you swim you are not so scared anymore because you already know. Secondly, uh, as a scuba diver, you you learn to get comfortable in the open sea. Uh, unlike, you know, say, if you just train at the pool, swimming at the pool, and uh, you know, you hope to get comfortable in the open sea. That's quite a big leap. Also, the other thing that I was thinking about yesterday when when you gave me this this question, actually, I think scuba diving because you learn to have you have you tried scuba diving have you done no it freaks me out and a lot of people <laughs> are <laughs> actually one uh, one thing you do in scuba diving you don't use your arms for propulsion but you use you control your movements using your the air in your lungs you, that's how you control your movement your your buoyancy mm-hmm. so i have been thinking that could be why i'm able i'm able to trade water easily in the sea because I know how to control my buoyancy mm-hmm. using the 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 air in my lungs. I keep I keep some air in my lungs, and that's how I'm able to float easily in the sea. So yeah, I would say anyone who has an opportunity to try scuba diving or take up scuba diving, that could be a good way to become a a, compete, a good uh, open water swimmer, comfortable. You can swim comfortably. But other than that, again, I mentioned about the you know test if you can swim one mile at the pool uh, in under forty minutes. And finally, I would I would like to say, uh, do not neglect to equip yourself with water trading skills. So the I can see now that the trend, uh, the tow floats, or some people call them safety boys, they are becoming popular in open water swimming. You know those floats that that people tie to their waist, bright colored. So it's that is becoming popular. So a lot of people thought they don't have to learn to drink water in order to do open water swimming. I think that's dangerous. I think you cannot, you shouldn't rely on your toko. You should learn to trade water. Then you'll be able to, to get comfortable in the open sea. Alrighty. Alright, so that's all the time we have for today, Ritzwan. Thanks for imparting your knowledge with us and giving us all the tips uh, in doing this. And we are so excited and we hope to see more swimming feats from you, hopefully in the near future. And um, Daily Straits would like to thank you again for taking your time and speaking to, with us today. You're welcome. Thank you.